Well, my name is Dennis Al Capone. I started um, the music career somewhere in in the 60s, there about 67, roundabout there, started with a sound system called El Paso. And from playing that sound system, I made myself popular, got a name, and this producer came to me to say, um, he would like me to record for him. Because at the time, the DJ thing was just starting out. You know, we had the Uri that um, came on the scene and the whole thing exploded. You know, and it was that genre of music took over Jamaica completely. You know, and um, now Keith Hudson wanted me as a DJ, you know, because you were actually record with him before. He was the first producer to record URI. You know, so when URI went to Treasure Isle, which is Duke Reed Studios, um, Keith Hudson said he wanted a replacement for him, so he came for me. And I started out with Keith Hudson, he was my first producer. And I started out with my original name, Dennis Smith. Most of the tracks I did for Keith Hudson in Bidim's label was as Dennis Smith. And then I moved on to Cox and Studio One. And I actually said to him that time, he must use my street name, which was Al Capone. So we started with Dennis Al Capone from Studio One. And I did my first song for him called Nanny Version. And Everything just start rising from there, you know, because as an artist, your name is very important. You want a name to catch the public. You know, Dennis Smith is too soft, you know. <laughs> Dennis Al Capone. Mm-hmm. Yes, everybody was talking about Dennis Al Capone. And when I did my first song, people thought it was Uri, right? And I can remember one day I was leaving um, Randy's record store in, in Kingston, downtown parade. And um, one of my friends drove up and asked me if he's going my way. So I says, I would like a lift. And he said, yeah, man, jump in. And he said, one of them fan, and he had about three guys in the back. One of them said, um, do you hear you or a new tune? So the other one said, no. He said, yeah, man, you have a wicked song out there, man, brand new. What's it called? Nanny version, it's my song. I was quiet, I didn't say nothing. You know, but I, I knew that my son made an impact then by listening to them with their conversation. Yeah, so anyway, um, from there on now I start to get popular and I won DJ of the year 1971 and 72 in Jamaica. Right? Then I left for um I left for a tour of the, the Caribbean. The first place we landed was British Guyana. At that time it was British Guyana. You know, and we did about six shows over there. You know, the people love us so much, you know. I went with Boris Gardner. Um, Boris Gardner, happening at the time, he had a, a band called the Boris Gardner Happening. And um, Tinker Stewart was actually his lead singer, you know. So we did that tour, went back to Jamaica, and then um, I went to Grand Cayman. And um, this was 1971. I first left Jamaica for Guyana, and then we came back. 72, I went to Cayman, and then from Cayman, I came to England, 1973. And um, if you look on YouTube now, you'll see that show. It was on the old Grey Whistle Test. You know, it, we did that show in Edinburgh, as the Edinburgh Festival. Yes, um, me, um, Nicky Thomas, the Marvels, the Pioneers, and um, Winston Groovy. 
right? So the BBC filmed it and it's now up there for everyone to see, you know, that this was 1973. I was a young Dennis Alcapo. Yes, and, and um, <coughs> it all kicked off the touring from there. You know, I go right across the globe. I toured Europe many times, went, went to Brazil twice. I went to Japan about four times, United States. People is calling me for, for Russia and Australia, New Zealand, but I turned that down. It's too far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't want to go down under unless the price is right. That's about it, really. You know, and I'm still touring today. You know, I just got back from Norway, and the Norwegian people didn't want to let me go. <laughs> really beautiful. I'm looking forward to next year. Next year, I've got the, the Scare Festival in London, and I also got the the, um, the one in Great Yarmouth. Which, which is called um, Scamount, Scamount Festival. Yes, that's next year. That's just starting off confirmation for next year already. So okay. it's all good. Yes, to, yes I remember started well, up in the music. Colin is more, more promoting the reggae side of things. Okay. You know, he's got a website and he, he, he does um, exhibitions, reggae exhibitions. Okay. You know, it's a big part of the, the, the industry. You know, because his thing is to keep working music alive. It, uh, I can remember him as a youth, how I get involved in reggae. The area that we live in, there was a sound system and kingdom. And one, once there was a dance, we all went to, and we bumped into a young chap named Bonnie Lee. And he's got some records telling us these are the records going to hit England. So we was a bit concerned. But the area that we live in, there wasn't much Jamaican to support the music to that level. So Bonnie Lee, our striker Lee's name is now, he mm-hmm. leave from that side of London to Wilson, ours then, to live over this side. And uh, by him doing that now, several other sound systems want his type of music. And the clubs start to open, like Burton down the road here. We used to leave from East London and come all the way to Burton to enjoy ourselves here. Yeah. And then from Burton, we used to, there was another club named Roaring Twenties, one of the most outstanding reggae club in the UK. And that went on for quite a few years. Yes. When you've got several artists such as um, the Beatles, Elton John, all of them used to come in. And many other American artists used to come to Roaring Twenties. But this side of London, he tell you about the sound system come up and say, where is it from? Is it from West London? Let's go over that side there because we want to hear what's happening. And it's so, a lot of us come to this side to hear what's happening, as what Dennis just said. The music was more like, more, more Jamaican. And then eventually other Caribbean people start to get involved as well. Other Europeans start to get involved. And everyone wants to have a sound system to be on the road because that was the hint thing. To have a sound system, you was like uh, you're going up. And uh, Wills then, ours then, this side of England, I think it was, uh, I, I, I'm not 100% sure if it started here, but as Dennis just said, you know. Yeah, Trojan Recording Company starts just down the road here. Yeah, yeah, and Jet yes, Star St. Stephen's Parade. Yeah. Uh, is it that what it's called? Uh, that side, yeah. And then yeah, we, yeah. we didn't have that, yeah. The music gets so. Huge, and uh, within with about 1979, 80, I started a work permit to bring artists from Jamaica, and uh, I remember working with several artists. One of the main one that we brought here first was Barry Salmon, 
And uh, at that time, there was about 300 people turned out, not knowing who the is. And six months later, the place was packed. And uh, so many young sound systems started to come up. So many radio stations, they call them Pirate Station, Dead Music, with ranking Miss P. That started to do a lot, and people want to advertise their stuff on Dead Music. People want to go and listen to her as well. Eventually, she was so good, BBC took her. Along the Arrow Road, there was a nice club along there as well. So young people used to look forward to come to that side of London. And uh, it wasn't too far because for me to the carnival. It was just down the road there, the carnival. <coughs> so if we come this side to rave on a Saturday night or a Sunday, we'd leave from here and go to that side because none of, none of myself or my friend, we wasn't driving. And to get a cab them days, forget about that one. You have to wait at the bus stop, you know, to get a bus to go there. I keep walking. Mm -hmm. But the music that was played at the time, like Dennis Al Capone just mentioned, big youth music. Those was the music, not like now. There's no music now really to compare mm -hmm. to what was happening then time, you know. Yeah, that place where um, Palmer used to be up there, it's called Craven Park. Not St. Stephen's Parade. St. Stephen's Parade is over my side. <laughs> yes, that's Craven Park. Yes, and then he left from there and go up to Acton to, to start a Jetstar, Jetstar business, yes. But a lot of the producers, you know, there were so many studio this side here, yeah, and musicians as well. I remember one of the musicians in the first time I came out of it, this was a guy named Denry Washington. When we saw him on the red TV, we said, wow, yeah, yeah, look good, he's stepping up, you know. But something went wrong, he didn't hold on to it and continue. So the younger generation could have come and follow us, you know. And uh, I can't remember the song, the name of the big song name was over this side of London. Uh, let's, all right, let's carry on now. And, um... Well, like I said, um, I came here first, 1973, to do that tour, and then I went back down. I came back up 1974 with the Jamaica Showcase, mm -hmm. which was um, Dennis Brown, myself, Sly, a young Sly, no one didn't know anything about Sly at the time, in England, that is, because Sly used to be um, with a band called Skin, Flesh and Bone. His bass player wasn't Robbie at the time, it was Lyle Parks, right? And um, Cynthia Richards, Al Brown was also on that tour. Right, and um, when I came here, he had a big promoter named Admiral Ken. Admiral Ken actually um, took me and Dennis Brown from that showcase and paired us up with Desmond Decker, which is the three Ds, Dennis Al Capone, Desmond Decker, and Dennis Brown. Right, and we work at um, Leicester Square, Empire Ballroom. That was a massive show. You know, you have to turn back people, you can imagine, you know, so... From there, now we did the rest of the tour because this guy that brought us up is the same guy who brought up Ken Booth at the time when Ken Booth had a big hit, Everything I Own. His name is Danny Bowen. He used to play in a group called the Greyhounds. I don't know if you remember that group. Yes, and um, that was Dennis Brown's first trip to England as well. You know, so it was all good. It was all good, you know. Um, Unfortunately, he's not here with us anymore, you know, and a lot of the artists them that started the journey with us is no longer here with us. But they did their job, you know, they leave us a lot of legacy. Brent was, like I said, Brent was the HQ, you know, because Trojan was the, the, the company that's releasing our record. So we have to visit Trojan quite regular. And there's a club down the road in here, um, Apollo, one of the Palmer brothers that run it. You know, I do a lot of shows there. And... Um, a few other places well in Brent, you know, 
Stonebridge Park, you know, um, quite a lot of places. Living in Brent, but it's like I was living here because <laughs> I spent most of the time in Brent, you know, because um, Ken Mood was just living up the road. And um, I used to visit him every evening, you know, while he was there, because that's where I met my wife. That used to be the hangout spot for everybody. You know, all the guys them that later becomes um, anybody in England, like the same person named that Colin Carl. Delroy Washington used to be moving around, Bob and Ken Booth used to have um, the guys about the farm, the group, Sons of Jah. They all used to come there, you know, and it's like an artist's hangout spot. Did you ever rehearse at BBMC them days? Huh? Did you ever rehearse at BBMC? Well, BBMC is where we rehearse all the time. You know, that's, that's the, the, the main rehearsal place, BBMC. You know BBMC, right? Been there near to 50 years. <laughs> yes, there's some rehearsal going on there at the moment. Um, one of my um, colleagues is over here from the United States and he's come, come over to do some shows, so he's there at this present moment rehearsing. His name is Glenn Washington. Yeah, but it's my career, you know, um, mm-hmm. from, from ever since I, I get in the music industry, I, I don't do anything else. It's just music and more music. And now I am the main um, artist in this country that look out for the rest of Jamaican artists them in whatever capacity. You know, um, I come in like a, a, a switchboard where people want to get information. You know, people be calling me from all over the world asking what's going on with Tom DeCarari. So I'm still playing my part. When I was a child, there was no reggae. There was no Jamaica music when I was a child. Right? Um, we used to listen mostly to foreign music. You know, we used to listen to the, the American R&B and soul music and all that. And um, we used to listen to some music, Latin music coming from Cuba as well. You know, because we didn't have much choice with radio stations. We only had two radio stations in Jamaica. And one of them was called RGR. You had JBC and RGR. RGR, now, they give you a little box with a speaker in it and a volume control, right? So you can turn to another station. It, just, that box belongs to RGR. So anything RGR plays, that's what you have to listen to. It's called Radio RGR and Radio Fusion. That's what it was called. That we used to call the box, Radio Fusion box. It's a square box mm-hmm. with just a volume on it. Yeah, so we used to listen to what they play until we started to um, develop our own music, you know, which was called Skia. So at the time when I was growing up, it was Skia. From Skia, it was Rocksteady. From Rocksteady, it was Reggae. And now, it's, they call it dancehall music now. But call it raga, raga before, and then they call it dancehall music, and that's where it's at at the moment, at the dancehall music. You know, but we went through a lot of different genres. Yeah, because Jamaicans are very creative, very, very creative. They don't keep one thing too long. You know, they're always improvising. Yes, so when I started, when I started listening to Jamaican music, it was scare. You know, we used to have a band of the Scatterlights. You know, that made the music very popular. The music get you moving, whatever way. Scare was kind of a fast shuffle. Guys, they used to shuffle and dance until they had to take out the shirt and wring it out. Yeah? And then now the rock steady come in now. It was more slow wine with the rock steady. You know, man <clears throat> would hold his woman, get close to her with the rock steady and rock steady. <laughs> 
and then the reggae came in. Well, dance moves is always, people is always improvising, right? So dance moves move change every decade. You have so much different dance moves and you saw dance groups. Now there is so much dancers in Jamaica that they are exporting dancers. Dancers is going all over the world and teaching people how to dance. Right, that's what's taking place now. You have loads of dance group is going into Europe and teaching the Europeans into America and teaching them into Africa. You know, so it's a big demand at the moment. You know, and um, this guy named Bogle, he was actually responsible for the, the, the creativity in, in what is going on now in the dancing. Gerald Bogle. You know, I brought Bogle to England first, as well, you know. There's some nice tapes with Bogle, video tapes. Mm -hmm. And in Brentier, Bogle did dance in Bridge Park, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of, um, lot of changes I've seen since growing up in Jamaica, musically. Loads of changes. Like I said, Jamaicans are very creative people. Very, very creative, you know. When you're in Jamaica, you're standing on the corner with a group of guys, there's somebody doing something you know, that you have to take note of, you know, and one inspire the other, you know, so it's always development going on. My favorite reggae track that I did is a track called Power Version. There is so much favorites um, in, in the reggae industry, you know I mean? Uh, to pick out one of them, it's hard because, um, like I said, the music is always developing and you hear a big smash hit here and you fall in love with it. There's another one coming, you know, so, well, today, my favorite artist today is Barry Salmon, you know. Very is my favorite artist today, you know, that I listen to and get inspiration from. His lyrics, his voice, his delivery, everything is just spot on. He's forever writing music. All of his music is very good. And what Beres have over a lot of the artists, them. Beres work on a lot of the ready-made rhythms. You understand? Like you will hear a rhythm that has been made and just put lyrics to it and make it sound like it took over that rhythm. You know, that rhythm, people used to use that rhythm and make hits before. But when Beres go on it, it's a different transformation. You know, it make, make it his own. It's like the foreign records. You know, when a Jamaican artist do a foreign record, he makes it his own. You know, most of the big foreign records that Jamaica sing over. That's where I hear it first. Mm -hmm. I didn't hear the foreign one. I hear the Jamaican one. You know, so I, if, I, if I didn't have the, um, the, the knowledge to search to find out the original, I would think that is the Jamaican one is the original because they, okay. they do it so good. I think my favorite is Barry Salmon as well. Mm -hmm. yeah, lyrics, contents, you know, to come And also Marcia Griffith, the queen of reggae, right? She stand the test of time. She was always making beautiful music. Now we have, um, talking about writers now, we, you have the great Bob Marley, Bob Andy, B.B. Seaton, that, that's three B's, right? They are our best writers, you, you know, because um, most of their songs are original. Bob Andy is a classical writer, so very good. He, he wrote most of um, Master Griffith's hits, Bob Andy, very creative. It's funny, Bob Andy used to live in this area in Brentino. Bob Andy used to live in Brentino. Yes, yes, yes. He was a good producer, a good artist. What I remember about Bob Andy, 
he brought out a record and it was in a white label yeah? and uh, we want to take it out and promote the music. So where he was staying, he called me one day and I went to look for him with my friend Steve and we get a big potato, cut the potato in two, get a pen and write, <laughs> scroll out inside it the name of the artist and the record and then start to print it under white label for the record and start taking it out. And that helped Bob Marley to, that help, uh, did I say Bob Marley? No, Bob Marley, that helped Bob Marley to get him out there. But by then time, Dennis Al Capone as well was tearing the place down. Mm -hmm. Ripping in everywhere you go. You could hear this young gentleman see him on TV. I've seen one program where Bob Marley walk on stage. Until this day, I want to know, like he was much bigger than Bob, for him to bring Bob Marley on stage, you know. But if he, if Dennis Down said, here, that's Bob Marley, you won't know. Because his back, Bob Marley's back was turned to the crowd, and then his face turned to the crowd, you know. Yeah, but that, that was at the Empire Ballroom in Leicester Square, that show. Bob came there, him and family man, and Carly. And I called him and introduced him to the crowd. You know, yes, that he was just promoting himself with the Catch a Fire album. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't give credit to some of the people that actually um, laid the foundation in Jamaica. There was this man in Jamaica called Virjan. Virjan used to keep something like what you, you love, um, what Simon Coyle is, is doing in England, right? It's, is what used to call Opportunity Hour. All of the artists, them used to go there and addition to go on that program, Opportunity Hour. The early Jamaican top of the three artists, they come through Virgin. Another studio that was there was Federal, which is now Tough Gang. Bob Marley bought Federal, right? That was Mr. Corey. He was one of the first men to bring recording equipment to Jamaica and start a studio called Federal, right? That was our first big studio. And then you had um, West Indies Records, which is, was owned by our former Prime Minister, Edward Siaga. What late, the studio later turned into Dynamics, bought by Byron Lee, right? Another man that was responsible for a lot of our music is um, the Beverly's label, um, Les De Camp, right? He had most of the hits them that go into the British church. He had Millie Small, he had um, Pioneers, Desmond Decker. All of those guys is coming from his table. So he is known as the, 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 man, the hit man that really cross over, you know, and get number one into the British chart. Beverly come. Yeah, so there's a lot of people that was responsible for our music that don't get their claim that they should, unfortunately. And some heroes. I think in the, in the, the Jamaican music scene, people, lots of people don't speak about the Alpha Boy School, yeah. but a well, lot of musicians came out of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Alpha Boy Alpha Boy School, as Colin say, mm -hmm. is very essential to our production as well because they now was like um, a breeding ground for musicians. You know, they they, they used to um, teach the guys them how to play music. Alpha was a place that people that didn't have um, a proper stable home. Right, so when they they they're like orphans, these guys they don't have they they, they they was rude boys, and their mother and father would not responsible for them anymore. Alpha would take them in and raise them and teach them a trade, whatever it is, 
right? But music, musicians, all the big musicians, Dan German, yeah, Rico yeah. Rodriguez, all the big yeah, musicians, yeah, yeah. they come from Alpha, right? Because like I said, that was a, a kind of refuge home, you know, but good things come out of it. Yes, Alpha, Alpha, Alpha Boys School. Yes, it's still going, but the lady that actually yeah. um, was responsible for it, she died. She died probably about... Was she an Irish lady? I'm not sure what was, what's her, um, her, her background, but um, it's, it was a, a, a white lady. She, she used to res be responsible. What is she, Mother, Mother Alpicious, something like that? Mother Alpicious, yeah. Yes, yes. And I think Alpha started in 1800, you know, later, a long time ago, in the early 60s. Long time to come up. Yes, yeah, so Alpha Boy School is one of the the breeding ground for the top musicians. Well, Jamaica and all, like dressing up. Yeah, we was up with the fashion. We like to wear um, turling and wool, you know, moyer trousers, clacks, booty, and all those things. We, we, there was a um, t-shirt, we used to call it banlan, right? We, we, all those things we, 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 we crave for, you know, rude boys in Jamaica. They, they wear the best clothes, wherever they can get the money, right? When I started out um, my life, really, I started tr learning trade. I used to work in a garage, doing welding, right? My first pay was five shillings for the week. When payday come, my boss asked me, do you, want, do you want to get pay? I said, of course, he gave me five shillings. No, I couldn't buy nothing with that five shillings. I wanted a shoes, five children came by a shoes. So I had to buy what they call sneakers today. In Jamaica it was called a crepe, right? And that was for seven shillings. So I, used to, I did have to ask my sister for two shillings to make up my five shillings to buy a crepe. And I was the happiest man in the world in my crepe. <laughs> I remember a dance was keeping next door to where I live. And I couldn't wait for the dance to start to put on my new crepe to go to this dance. And no one can step on my crepe. <laughs> Jamaica has created a big impact right across the globe. You know. Jamaica is the most, I mean, reggae is the most played music right now, right across the globe. Right In Jamaica, we started out the sound system, because sound system was our radio for people to hear the music. But now in Europe, there's more sound system in Europe than in Jamaica, right? In 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 Brazil, in Japan, the amount of reggae band, the amount of scare band you have now, it's unbelievable. Reggae music is very, very important to the world because if you, if you can see what's happening with yes. UNESCO to give reggae music a world, as a world heritage by saying something political, yep. Yep. economic, social. There is no other music that impacted the world like reggae music. The guys them come now with, 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 with different kind of attitudes. And that's what we've been working on for Jamaica to take back what they started. You know, because the, nowadays guys only see the dollars. You know, they don't have that love for the music that we used to have. They're not sending the message that we used to send. You know, it's all, I, I, I wouldn't even like to call it, which is gun lyrics and slackness to artists that's still, still keeping it going. There are people like... Um, to me in this time. Yeah, like you said, Sizzler and um, Capleton, you have um, 
a nice thing in Roman Virgo, you have Kabaka Pyramid, you have um, Chronix, Luciano, and people like those. Um, Tony Rezal is a man that always um, give you good lyrics as well. Mm-hmm. You know, Queen Africa, and those people, you know, but um, the now generation most is gravitating to the new set of artists, you know, the new DJs with the derogatory lyrics. You know, unfortunately, you know, people, kids like to hear rubbish because their, their brain don't develop enough. You know, so anything you, you, you put out there, they will listen to that and gravitate to that. You know, but that all comes down from the radio stations, what they are playing, what the youths are listening to. You know, because it becomes a pure thing now in Jamaica where you have to pay the, the, the DJs and the radio stations to play your songs. So it's the highest bidder. Who can pay the most money? That's where it's at. But we need to get it back on a level where the music can uplift people. You know, because I remember listening to an African. He, he made a post about um, Jamaica music. And he was saying, what happened to Jamaica music? We Africans used to listen to Jamaican music for inspiration. Where have all that gone? You know, Jamaica, you guys need to get back to the drawing board, right and start produce that type of music again, because we are not hearing that now. This is coming from African, in Africa. Because African people get inspired by our music. So much inspiration they get from our music. You know, for the struggles that they go through, you know, Bob Marley was one of the, 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 the main man for that. Peter touched Bonnie Wheeler and those guys, you know. So, like they used to say in the old days, we need another Moses. The influence, I think, reggae music has gotten all the rest of the genres, yeah? If you look what Coolers done when they leave Jamaica and went to America as a young boy, hip hop music came out of reggae. The African beat is reggae, grime is reggae. Dream music is reggae. So reggae has produced a lot of children. No, reggae is the roots. Those are the branches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, reggae is the roots. Everything is coming from, from the reggae music. All the inspiration is coming from there. You know, there's, there's many branches, one root. Well, I would like them to go back to the drawing board and, and play reggae music again because there's too much fusion going on. Right? They use them in, in Jamaica at the moment. They are letting go off the root, right? and they're fusing our music with the American music and other genre music, right? But we, we, we need to take it back to the real reggae music. Over here in, in England, there's not much you can do. You need to go back a yard, as them say, back where it all started, you know, and start training the youth them from there. But the, the difference with that, the kids and audience, they don't listen. They have their own attitude, they have their own, their own mindset. And it's hard to change them. Because what they look as, as success is money. It's just money. They want to get rich like yesterday. Right? They don't want to plan or see them wait for it to grow. You understand? That's not their, their, their um, attitude at the moment. Their, their, their role models is the bad man, the gun man. Right? The dirty music. That's what they gravitate to. So it's hard to really um, get them to 
see and, and, and preserve the music the way it should be. All they want is just the dollars, big car, big house, and show off on each other. You know, that's where their goal is. So it's hard to change that. But we still have to keep trying. Well, this is all about Brent as well, yes. Mm-hmm. Where we have to give thanks and praise for a band. One of the largest reggae band that ever come out of England is Cimarron the first, yeah. And they came out of Brent as well. And that them days, in the, in the middle 60s and 70s, they backed a lot of Jamaica artists, the Cimarrons. And they're still going until this day still. And they are from this area. Yeah, Simmons is the one who, who bought me on that um, Did show, the whole grave is this. That's the history. Mm-hmm. Yes, and um, I'm still working with their lead singer now, uh, Winston Reedy. Okay. Yes, we tour a lot up to today. Yeah, man, um, more now, more, more. Every time you go out, you see more youths, you know, because um, they know that if they come to our events, um, it's going to be peace and safety. You know, than going to their own events because these little young kids nowadays they are very I don't know, some of them look like them it's unstable. You know, because there's so much jokes that's going on and they are taking all kind of different things and casting up a problem for themselves and their family. You know, so when they these kids go now to enjoy themselves, there's always disturbance, trouble. People lose them life and all different kind of things, you know. So the youth, the sense of the youth now is coming to our events, you know, which is a good look. I work in Sweden and I was surprised to see so much kids in front of the stage and they were requesting my songs. I was surprised, really surprised, you know, songs that I wouldn't think that they know. Yes, yes, so it's a good look. But it seems like most of these are conglam within the reggae music. Yeah. Don't acknowledge his type of music. But his music is a message. Yes, his personal has got one name, Teacher, Teacher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you hear that particular music, mm-hmm. it's upliftment. I've seen young people came from France and come here and get to find out that Dennis Al Capone live in England. And they want to meet him. A young African from Angola, yeah, talk about this gentleman, how great he is. They've never heard no slackness in his music. They've never heard the negative about him. That's all they can hear about Dennis Al Capone. It's upliftment. And no discrimination. Exactly. You know, we do do those kind of music. Well, you know, one of the problems is with um, the media nowadays. It's too much second-hand information. You understand? Too much second-hand information. They will bypass the real deal, like myself, who was there when it was happening, to somebody that heard about it, you know, they would give them preference over having me to do a lecture on Jamaica music, right? Some people, they've never been to Jamaica, right? They're the one that they're calling whenever there's a conference or anything to do with reggae music, right? So it's all, I I don't know um, how to, to, to class it. You know, I don't really want to class it because I wouldn't be saying something too nice. Because every man is going to tell his story and he's going to talk to suit himself. It's just like if somebody's interpreting the Bible or something, they, they write it to suit their needs.
is not necessarily the truth. You understand? It's always people doing their story. It's not history, it's his story, <laughs> right? Because I, I, I look, look at a lot of um, YouTube um, interviews, and I see people lying, out the, <laughs> lying to make themselves look important. You understand? They're putting in far more than what they did. You know, and because I have the, the knowledge, I can say, no, that, is, that didn't go like that. You know, but the guy that is doing the, the interview, he doesn't have the knowledge. He, he would just write down or film anything that anybody tell him. Because that's what he, he left from where he is to go and do, just to film an artist or a producer and film a, a, a bag of lies. I think when the regular academia take over regular now, yeah? And the, a lot of Dennis just say they write what they want to write. And most of these guys that do the interview with the reggae, they're 24 year old. And they're not going to the distance because their parents, some of them parents, have never played reggae in their life. They just start to get the feeling of it now. And to the first knowledge, they should find, find a gentleman like Dennis Alcapon, and he can put them on the right track. But they find someone who just make a telephone call to Jamaica. They don't even touch clear who's on the other end of the line. Are they armed themselves with a, a, a video camera yeah. and head to Jamaica <laughs> and just document any bullshit? Yeah, yeah, People yeah. tell them they can't, they cannot have but wait a minute. Um, as far as I'm concerned, that didn't go like that. Mm-hmm. You know, they just film everything that people tell them. No, people don't have the knowledge, will see that and gravitate to it and say, yes, that's how it went. Well, let's, let's face it, there was palm up the road, there was um, Jetstar later on. You know, sometimes it's a combination of things that you take things from. You know, you'll take a little there and a little here. Like, uh, Jetstar actually had um, a recording studio as well on their property. And um, I've got some dieted friends that live in this area. You know, I've got a, a, a friend that will die for me over the road. Her name is Lena Stevenson, right? Um, you have money man and those people. You know, when you talk sometimes, you listen to people talk and you can pick something from it. There's something that actually register in your brain. So some of the things that, that you um, absorb, you, sometimes you don't know where it's coming from, right? But I'm, I'm sure I absorb a lot in Brent because Alzen was a place to be, right? We used to go to enough dances down here. And like I said, the club that called Apollo, I performed there a lot, you know? So from one thing, you know, you, you cannot pinpoint a one thing that you take from a, a, a certain place, you know, but it's a combination of things that make up um, whatever we're doing, like a song, our writing, Lyrics, we had different, different things. I think I must say to you, we are talking about youth. I've got a niece now that's blowing up in England here. She's called Steph London. You ever hear of Steph London? She's big, very big. Yeah, she's, she's like the, the, the Rihanna of England. Yes, she's up, you know, and she collaborated with all of the big rap artists. Them. She had a big song um, last year called Earthing with this guy called French Montana. You know, she worked with all of the very big, big acts then. So look her up on, um, on, on YouTube. But I am 
pleased and satisfied that she is excelling, right? Because someone has to do it, you know, and that's how the world is, you know, because um, sometimes I look back on certain um, people career and it's like the time that you were born is a different time because I used to judge footballers like one of the greatest footballer, Pele. I used to imagine if Pele was around this time, if any club could buy him, you understand? They buy him a player now for 100 million and more. So how much do you think Pele would work? <laughs> Priceless. <laughs> Priceless. <laughs> you understand? And when they bought him, they bought him for little or nothing. And Pele had two legs, you know. <laughs> Some football only got one leg. <laughs> a pleasure. And let's hope that you know this is the bar of culture. Yes. yes. There will be a space inside of it for Dennis Al Capone yeah. to work in. Yeah. And also we can have the reggae exhibition. Mm -hmm. We've got something like over 200 pieces of board by two meter by one meter with various artists and the history of reggae music. Amazing. Yeah. So let's hope we can do something and the younger generation could come and see Dennis Al Capone on stage. Yeah. Yes, he's got a big, very big exhibition, you know. Yeah, he's got a very big exhibition. He, the, the, the last place that he, 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 he had it was in Newham. And, and he's got like, um, like equipments from way back to show people that there was a thing called gramophone. There was um, all kind of things that the dancer used to use.